I'm ready. <laughs> I just looked over at I just looked over at my screen to see which of my list items that I had entered, and it's the still frame right now of Bob Odenkirk, man spreading on a bus after getting punched in the face and stabbed in the back is hilarious. Like obviously not funny what just happened to him, but the still of him just laying there with a stupid look on his face and the camera just like right at the crotch in the face. It's real high class stuff. It was it was a pretty uh I was very much in suspense. He said, Are you ready? Yes. And then all of a sudden you just start laughing. Yep. I mean, this this still, I'll just have to send it to you. You'll have to send it to me. Yeah. All right. Add it to the blog, just so people know <laughs> what's going on. All right. That's the intro. Let's go. What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. And back inside, our crazy brains. I'm Jake. I am Paul. And this episode, we are doing what we always do, which is talking about things that we know very little bit about, but have strong opinions on. (laughs) In this case, uh, it's going to be ranking our favorite martial arts Slash, we're not our martial arts experts, hand-to-hand combat scenes in movies. <laughs> because I know I'm going to say best martial arts scenes, and one of my picks is not going to be true, pure, probably most of my picks won't be tr- truly pure martial arts. And See, I don't want that kind of hate mail coming my way. And that's really the difficulty of this assignment, right? It's because martial arts is a really flexible thing today. You have some martial arts influenced fight scenes. You have some true martial arts scenes. You have some scenes that probably martial arts would say, this is not a martial arts scene. Get, Get Captain America out of here. He doesn't belong. That could happen. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to stirk, to stirk, to stoke the fires of controversy. Uh, we're also here, though, to talk about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has martial arts in it, Paul. <laughs> it does have real martial arts in it, at least as far as I As far as we know. Yeah, exactly. We don't Certified. know anything, but we're assuming. This was actually, for me, even the list part of this was not just inspired by the fact that Shang-Chi has martial arts in it, but there is a pivotal scene that happens early in the film, no spoilers, that involves martial arts, and a bystander starts recording <laughs> and starts live streaming the the fight that's happening that includes martial arts. And the the flash where it, it cuts to him and you see him filming on the live stream and being like, okay, what's good, people? Uh, now, I did some martial – I did some karate when I was in <laughs> yeah. sixth grade. So let me tell you, this is pretty good stuff right here. You know, He starts critiquing the fight. So good. <laughs> that is really us. We are the sixth grade experts of martial arts. We are the sixth grade experts on pretty much everything that we talk about. Yeah, except I think in our case, neither of us has ever taken a single martial arts class. No, no, no. I thought about it. Does that count? 
So we are two middle-aged Caucasian men comment, commenting on the best hand-to-hand combat, combat scenes of all time, having never engaged in hand-to-hand combat in any form, even at an introductory level. Never, never, never. You've probably gotten into some fights at least, right? Uh, I've never gotten into a legit fight. I've broken up a fight. Oh, well. Does that count? That, no, but no? It's, okay. it's closer than it otherwise would be. I mean, did you yeah. did you actually push people away? Were you physically involved in, in breaking up this fight? I did, yeah. Did you yeah. throw somebody down? I didn't have to throw anybody down because I was so much larger than everybody involved in the fight. I was a senior. It was a senior year of high school. I was going to class a little bit late from watching some film for football, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I come around out of the cafeteria, and I hear out in the hallway, I just hear... (laughs) It's like, that doesn't sound good. And I come around, and there's this junior just wailing on this tiny little freshman. Oh, my God. A very small freshman. Oh. And was just getting pummeled because apparently the freshman had been talking, you know, talking the big game. Not that it gives anybody any right. Right. You know, this guy was – this junior was being a punk, and he deserved the talk he was getting because he was a punk. But (laughs) So I come around, and this little freshman is getting his face handed to him on a platter with this other guy's fists. And so I just stepped in between. I grabbed shirts, like pulled them apart and was like, yeah, get to class. And they just <laughs> both walked off in their their separate directions. And I made sure the freshman got to the office actually, like so that he was all right and that the other kid went off hopefully to class. Maybe he skipped class. Who knows? But he was no longer in a position to be wailing on the freshman, at least for that time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a good deed. You did your good Thank deed. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it doesn't, that. It doesn't get you closer to martial arts expertise, but exactly. it is nice that you broke out that fight. Yeah, never never taken a true punch. Yeah, yeah. Other than in football piles where punches are thrown all the time. but Punches are thrown all the time. Yeah, I've, I have gotten close to fisticuffs, but I think the closest that, that I've ever gotten to a real fight was probably in preschool. And I Ooh. definitely won the fight because <laughs> I bit the other kid and got in big trouble for it. Yeah, you, you I have fought learned, dirty. I have, yeah, I have learned never to bite other people. Which is it's it's actually a very helpful tool in uh, in any sort of professional or personal setting. Don't it is it is a good lesson to learn, and at a young age. I mean, that's (laughs) that's solid stuff right there. (laughs) Exactly. Before we get to uh, our rank geeks of the best quote unquote martial arts hand to hand combat scenes in cinema, before we get to. the most least important thing, the way we love to wrap up every single little show of ours. <laughs> it is time for a return of riding in cars with boys with Paul and Jake because we have a special treat with you for you this time. We recorded our segment on Shang-Chi fresh out of the theater, driving along I-25. Almost like, dying. Almost, almost dying. Literally having to pause so that Paul didn't kill us at one point. <laughs> It's very exciting. It might be more exciting than the movie. Could be. Well, I don't know about it. Go that far, <laughs> Maybe but, not. Maybe not. You know, you're just going to have to I listen to us. I might be overselling it. I'm, I'm trying to it's, – it's like a tease. It's trying to get people to listen to the full podcast. Yeah, coming up at the end of the hour. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. You won't believe what happens next. 
Except this is what happens next. We don't have to wait for the end of the show. We're going to kick it to us in the car live from a couple of weeks ago in the car from after the Shang-Chi screening. As long as you keep your eyes on the road, Paul. I'm that's all I ask. I'm keeping my eyes on the road. That's all I ask. Welcome to Driving in Cars with Boys. <laughs> Is that the name of the movie? No, Riding in Cars with Boys? I have no idea. Isn't that like a Drew Barrymore film? Maybe. Do you want me to look it up for you? Let me, uh, let yeah. me get my phone real Paul, quick. Paul, could you just whip out the phone real quick while all you're right. driving all and right. holding the microphone? Yeah, that's no problem at all. No problem at all. Can you just, just say loudly my... and clearly into the microphone Please. what exactly the illegal behavior is it is that you're doing right now? That'd be great for the evidence later all right. on. <laughs> so you're gr- reaching into your pocket. You're grabbing your phone. Yeah. You're Putting opening, down my beer. Yeah. Put down the beer. Yeah. No, hey. I'm, not, I'm not drinking a beer. I'm not reaching <laughs> into my phone. I am driving, but I am holding a microphone while doing so. so. Very safe. It's basically like taking a drink out of a... Yeah. A cup. Just a very long drink. Very long. Very long drink. And really, after the events that we saw in the movie tonight, this is this is child's play. Child's play. It's true. People can do much crazier things while driving than I ever realized were possible, Paul. <laughs> after seeing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes. We are truly in training wheels. You know, and I'd be remiss not to say thank you to Paul and Jake for kicking it to us from the booth. Appreciate you guys and all that you do. All that hard work sitting in climate-controlled settings. Well, one of us, at least. I think they're jerks. Do you? I do. I do. Because? They're so smug over there just hanging out at their homes. And they have they have drinks. They have snacks. They have these cushy little chairs. Get out into the real world. Jake and Paul. That's right. Hit Drive. the road. Drive. Do things. Crank some asphalt exactly. as you talk. Exactly. We're cruising through some inky black darkness right now. On the road again. <laughs> yeah, so you were saying we've. this is not the first time we've, we've done this on the road. The last time was Justice League, is I that mean, right? That's right. Justice League back in the day. Before there was a Zack Snyder cut. Wow, that was a long time ago. Man, we have been doing this for a long time, Jake. Kudos to us. I have aged so much since we have done this. You used to be under 50 when we did this. That's really annoying. (laughs) Both the reality of it and the fact that you said it. (laughs) I'll talk to the editor about cutting that line out. (laughs) I'm not going to promise that he's going to do anything about it, but I'll talk to him about Uh, it. I, I won't listen anyway, so it doesn't matter. You'll forget about it. I'll forget about it. Just like you'll forget about this movie. That's why we have to record on the road again, is Paul can't remember movies longer than a couple of minutes anymore. I don't remember. I don't remember. It is it is a sad case of watching really too many movies. I remember the general gist. I remember, hey, this one guy did this, and then he did this. But why did he do it? Who knows? And that's why Paul keeps me around, for the finer details, folks fill in the cracks <laughs> you know uh, speaking of poor memory <laughs> Paul what do you remember about the plot of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings I should say here I guess uh, spoiler warning 
for Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. So, the plot for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Thank you for pronouncing it correctly, by the way. I, I, I'm very proud of myself. A lot of Americans say Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Um, the, the, the storyline goes as follows. Shang-Chi actually begins his movie as Sean, a mild-mannered valet who, with his best friend Katie, drives, you know, does valet things. But then, all of a sudden, one day when they're on the bus, these assassins attack. And apparently, they really want this medallion that's around Sean's neck. Sean, unbeknownst to Katie, is a huge martial arts expert, and he proceeds to kick the tail of all of these assassins and actually sort of tears a bus in half. Quite literally. Quite literally. He, uh, he, he loses his medallion, um, but he does have to confess that actually he is the son of a powerful thousand-year-old warlord, essentially, who gave up his immortal being so that he could hang out with his wife and his family. But when his wife died, he got a little bit soured and he went back to his old ways. And what did his old ways consist of? attacking things with the power of the Ten Rings that he wears around his wrists. As one does. As one does. That's where I wear most of my bracelets. So they quickly have to zip off to Macau uh, and talk with uh, Sean's sister, who now runs this underground high-rise fight club that Sean has to participate in to get close because she has another medallion that the dad wants. And so they meet up. The reunion is not particularly pleasant at first, um, but that's essentially where the story gets really rolling because we find out that the dad wants both of his kids' medallions in order to find the secret land where he first met his, uh, his future bride because he thinks that his dead wife really wants to come back and be with the family again. So the dad is trying to sweetly rescue his wife. But, this is sort of a spoiler alert, the wife is really, really dead, and it's something very, very bad that wants to come into the world and, of course, destroy all life as we know it. Is that about right? as old as time. Yep. Isn't that pretty... Uh, song as old as rhyme. Something about Beauty and the Beast? I don't know. Is that how the song goes? No, not at all. It's a love story, Paul. It's slash story. Black Mirror episode. Slash Marvel time. film. Paul. That was a pretty good Angela Lansbury, I think. Do you think so? I really do. I think I beg to differ. But song she did not. from the East. Wow. <laughs> she did not show up in Shang-Chi. No, she did not. But but you know who did? Yes. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Who is one of my very, very favorite actresses. I have loved her ever since Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think she is fabulous, and I would watch anything that she is in. Because she is just that cool. And we get Tony Leung. Yes. Which is pretty great. Though I was not familiar with the, the person that played Shang-Chi. I had not... To my knowledge, watched a film that he had been in previously. He is a pretty new actor, I think, but I thought he did a very, very nice job. He really did. I was, I as I told Paul before we went and saw Shang-Chi, 
I was a little hesitant on this film. I uh, wasn't totally sold by the trailers, and I was feeling a little bit burned by Marvel's Iron Fist series on Netflix. Still bitter about Iron Fist. Still bitter about Iron Fist. And so I was a little worried that Marvel didn't know what to do with this type of IP uh, and martial arts and kung fu. And yeah, I have to say that I was very impressed with the martial arts and kung fu and the performances from, uh, of course, Michelle Yeoh, but also mm. Simo Liu, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, and Aquafina, lover or hater, Paul, I was a fan. I was a fan of her in this movie, too. I'm not a fan of her in everything that she does. Uh, as I was mentioning on the way out, Raya the Last Dragon, I didn't particularly like how they treated her in animated form, but here, she was just really great. I really liked it. The thing that impressed me, actually, about this movie, well, let me just say, a few things impressed me about this movie. It was doing a lot. It was trying to be a, a martial arts movie. It was trying to be a superhero movie. It was trying to be, on some level, a kaiju movie. And I think it worked actually on all counts. I thought that the, the action was incredibly good. The martial arts action was really, really effective. Um, it clearly, whoever was, was directing it knew how to deal with, with, with sort of the poetry that you find in martial arts um, action. You know, because really, when, the, when a martial arts movie works, it's almost like a dance. And they sort of played that up quite a bit. Um, but it was thrilling. It was exciting. It was funny in a lot of places. And, man, it had a lot of actual Marvel cameos that I was kind of surprised about. Yeah, it made it a lot of fun to have the throwbacks to previous phases of Marvel. Uh, didn't... I would, I would... It seemed pretty light on setting up the next phase for Marvel. And I think that's part of what made this film feel pretty uh, entertaining and as strong as it was, was it didn't seem preoccupied with uh, having to connect really hard into the rest of the universe. It allowed it to tell its own story. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to have you take the microphone since we're in construction zones. Yeah. I mean, I was going to comment on the fact that right now we are driving down the trench of the Death Star. <laughs> As though we are in Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. I would say that I did pretty well, actually, driving and not getting us killed. We are still alive, and as still I can confirm. And still reasonably coherently? Not Reasonably. Bad. Yeah, I mean, I was getting distracted just watching you do it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, look maybe at, it's time to actually... Yeah, especially as we see the cops up ahead with the flashing lights. Yeah. I've yeah. got my laptop open. We've got <laughs> our be. mic lights on. We may be alive, but we might be about to be sent to jail. <laughs> that would be awkward. It would get us home a little bit later than when we would like to get home, I think. Yeah. Yes, oh, look at that. They got a go. they got a Ford pulled over. Oh, oh. poor guy. He was probably doing a podcast. By himself. By himself. It's the problem is you got to have a partner. <laughs> you got to have that ride or die <laughs> exactly. if you're going to ride or die. Oh, yeah, children, do not do this at home. If you do a podcast... Do it at home, actually. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do do this at home. Do do this at home. Would be the operative advice here. Man. 
so yeah, the martial arts felt really good. I mean, to the point where I almost thought the film peaked with its first fight in the oh, bus. The bus fight was really great. It was really cool. Um, the action in that was, it, it really measured up to, I think, a lot of the martial arts movies that I've seen recently. It just felt frenetic, it felt fluid, it felt really fantastically organic. Um, the other, but we, as we talk about sort of the dance, we there is a great, beautiful, quote unquote, fight slash dance scene um, that takes place place basically in flashback with uh, with Shang Chi's mother and father as they meet. I thought that was really well done. Just sort of their introduction to each other, and they fought and they sort of liked each other even as they fought each other and it was really just very graceful and beautiful felt like an homage to crouching tiger hidden dragon yes i would agree with that and that was something that i thought this this movie did really well was the fact that it felt like it it was very aware of and respectful of the past while also modernizing itself mm-hmm. with its choreography and soundtrack and the the camera work, the cinematography around the fights, so that you actually got to feel like you were watching some scenes that were of a time in the past and yeah. a kung fu of the past, and then you got others that felt more modern and new, like they're pushing the boundaries, like the stuff they were doing in the bus from a camera work perspective, from a choreography perspective, the way they use slow mo, it felt modern, it felt fresh. Uh, and yet then they could still have those moments yeah. where they could slow down the choreography. They could make it feel more like a, a dance. And the artistry, you see the artistry of martial arts, like exactly right. why it's called martial arts. Right. And I think the way it recognized the past, while it embraced today uh, when it comes to what these types of action films look like, is why it worked on so many levels uh, even as it had a strong story and a good cast yeah the the other thing that I thought was interesting about this even though this is very much a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in some ways it feels like the very first step into the next chapter you know finally we're getting past um We've done this a little bit with the TV shows on Disney Plus and such, but it feels like we're really moving past the the Endgame, Infinity War uh, conclusion. You know, Black Widow was sort of a throwback where it took place within kind of that, that timeline. This one is after, and you can feel them trying to create new heroes. But the thing that I was surprised about is how entry-level it felt. Like, I think that someone... Obviously, if you are familiar with the MCU, you're going to have a greater appreciation of this than someone who's not. But I think someone who hadn't seen any of the Marvel movies could still understand the story, could still appreciate the movie, could really get absorbed by some of the artistry that they see here if they like martial arts at all. It was one of the better standalone films. We've talked about that a lot in other lists how certain films like Captain America Winter Soldier uh, as probably the best example in my opinion feeling like they really succeed as a standalone film regardless of whether or not you have the full context of the rest of the series that was what Shang-Chi did for me Mm -hmm. Uh, so I agree with you there 
is of course you're gonna get you're gonna have a different appreciation if you know who Wong is. Right, right. That's gonna deepen your appreciation. You know, some of the end credit scenes, if you know who those people are, you know, you're you're just going to have a richer understanding of what is happening and how this is tying into the bigger universe. The Mandarin. If the you Mandarin, remember the Mandarin from Iron Man three. Yep. Absolutely a lot of extra humor there. But at the same time, they do just enough to make all of that make sense in what you're watching as a, as for it to feel like man I'll, I'll say Paul there were plenty of times where I forgot I was watching a Marvel movie mm-hmm. yeah again I think that that it was really a creatively told story and it speaks to you know I I always come back to what Scorsese was saying about about these Marvel movies these superhero movies and how they don't they're not really movies this is a movie that I would actually point to and say no, I don't agree with this because you look at this and this takes it's set in the Marvel universe but the heritage that it embraces is actually Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan you know, you have this this lineage this history, it's kind of interesting because the movie makes a big deal about one's lineage, about one's family about one's ancestry and you can see the type of ancestry that they are embracing here. It's not so much the MCU. It's really embracing some of the great martial arts creations of time gone by. Yeah. And because of that, I think it adds a, a, a richer sense of place. Um, Absolutely. That was one of my favorite little Easter eggs in the film was you see in Shang-Chi's apartment a, a poster for Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Which is now pretty close to like a 15 to 20 year old kung fu comedy. And there were many elements of this, both from the action and the sense of humor that it had, that felt, you know, akin to that. Not just Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon before it. Like you said, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, uh, even more modern but still older at this point, Donnie Yen and Tony Leung. I thought I even saw some, some winks toward other movies you know the the they the obviously we mentioned that Sean and and, and Katie are, are valets there was a nice little nod it felt to Ferris Bueller's day off mm. um, it felt like there was a nice little nod to speed in the uh, in the bus chase you know and obviously I can't say that for sure but was I thinking of of speed that Keanu Reeves Sandra Bullock movie where they're driving and they can't slow down there was a certain element to that in this bus scene as well now lest we gush too much about Shang-Chi lest that's a great word lest is more (laughs) I I do wonder if on rewatch this will have something that I've noticed can afflict I mean, beyond martial arts and kung fu movies, but it's something that I've noticed in many, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon being one of them, is a, a, a they start fast and they end with a bang, but they can tend to meander in the middle as they do some character exploration. And I was bought in because I, I thought the performances were really good and, um, you know, I thought the character development, like, I, I cared about the relationships and stuff that we were seeing on screen, but it did bog the pace down just a, just a touch at times because it really did want to spend a lot of time in flashbacks. 
And although they did they did add to the experience, I do wonder how that will feel on rewatch to an attention hungry or a, a you know an attention. Um, Oh my gosh, my brain, my own brain right now <laughs> cannot pay attention to the rest of the sentence. To yes. an audience with a short attention span, <laughs> when it does have such high octane action sequences, you know, I it almost can defeat itself when it slows down so much in the middle. And and I think this may have, this is where I'm saying we'll see upon rewatch cuz this may have just enough to keep you going and it may not do too much of it. But it can at times be a little navel gazy for a short attention span audience. So I'm curious to see how that holds up in the long run. You know, one thing that I noticed actually during this movie, and it's something that, that I might want to, the next time I rewatch all these movies, that I might pay more attention to. It does seem, in a way, that the Marvel movies have very much their own rhythm. They have this sort of sense of 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 pacing to them that continues on from movie to movie to movie, which I think is sort of reflected in the original comic books. You know, it's sort of a cliche that that every time, you know, a, a hero meets a villain, they have to battle three times. First time the villain wins, second time it's a draw, third time the hero gets the gets the upper hand finally through, you know, special stuff. Um and I do sort of wonder whether the MCU has just found a nice pattern. I won't say that they've fallen into a rut because I think that the pattern works. But I do think that there is something to be said for what you're you're actually talking about. I think that that, that it does tend to ease back to give you a breather for that final push at the end, you know? Whenever you talk about horror movies, you always have these these moments where it gives the audience a little bit of relief. You can't have constant tension throughout the, the movie. And I think maybe Marvel is sort of going along the, that, same, that same thought pattern. Who knows? They could be. But that's why I always appreciated Steve Martin. He actually talked about that pretty in his... In his book, Born Standing Up, where he talks about his stand-up comedy career, uh, he, he talked about how, as he started to watch stand-up comedians do their work, he did he noticed a similar pattern of how they would build tension, build tension, and then provide moments for the audience to laugh, you know, with punchlines. Mm-hmm. And that there was, no matter what the material was, or who, or how someone's pacing and rhythm were, there was this constant pattern of build tension, build tension, relieve tension, build tension, build tension, relieve tension to let, you know, telling the audience where it's okay to laugh using punchlines. Yeah. And he did what made Steve Martin so revolutionary at the time and like where he started ultimately selling out such big venues was he was so insane with what he did because it was off kilter. He, he decided after recognizing that pattern, he actually compared it to logic. He could see the logical patterns uh, that 
that he would use in debate and things like that. And he said, what if I just built tension and built tension and never told the audience where to laugh, never gave them (laughs) permission? He's like, then they would have to find their own spots. And so he talks about just watching audiences over time grow uncomfortable, not knowing where to laugh. And yet, then when they would laugh, he would get a much bigger laugh than he would ever get if you just build a little bit, build a little bit, let it out. Because now they're laughing at the parts that they truly think are funny, and not just when you tell them it's okay to laugh. That's very interesting. You know, this is sort of a little bit of a rabbit trail. In entertainment, you have certain people who are not really, who are more than just good at their job. They are really, really smart, super talented people. Steve Martin is one of those people, right? I mean, I think that he has, he is not only probably the funniest guy in every room that he goes in, he's likely one of the smartest. Correct. And he plays a mean banjo, too. So, speaking of tension, I did want to talk a little bit about the end, because I think that the end was actually really effective. One of the things that we've talked about on this podcast before is how how dependent these sorts of stories are on the villain. And the interesting thing about this movie is that you don't have a true villain because the the main bad guy, there's this sense of sadness about how he got to where he was. And it's just, you feel... He's, a, he's almost like a Shakespearean tragic hero. He yeah. had this fatal flaw that, that almost upended the entire world. And yet, I think the, the, the finale, the big climax, worked really well because of the gigantic monster we find at the end of it. Mm. I really thought, spoiler warning, the, the gigantic monster that we see at the very end is super effective. I was... I have to say, I was tense. I was not quite sure how things were going to go. Even though it's a Marvel movie, even though we know that the, the good guys are going to win, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to happen, whether whether there was going to be great tragedy as a part of this 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 climactic battle. I, I, I thought that the monster just worked for me, which I was surprised about. Yeah, it was another example of sort of what you talked about, where this felt like a couple of different films. Uh, and yet still manages to feel cohesive as one movie where all of a sudden it is a kaiju film yeah. and you have this huge monster battle in the midst of everything else going on and yet it, it did work for the tension that it brought and for the tragedy that it brought at the same time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I think that this is an effective movie. It's not only a really good MCU movie, it's just a really good movie that people who aren't that involved with the MCU could really appreciate. Um, I, I honestly, I would give it a. Let's give it a seven point eight. Look at you. Eight. I was maybe. just about to ask that question, and I had my locked, my answer locked in at seven point seven out of ten. <laughs> no joke, people. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I mean, you could, but you could. You definitely I'm not. Could. I'm definitely not. <laughs> this is real. This is real. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, it's super entertaining. I thought it was a good movie. 
if I had to put a few content caveats, I definitely would because there are a few to be had. But in terms of what the movie is trying to be, what the movie is trying to bring to the table to the audience, I don't think the audience will walk away disappointed. Nope, I'm with you there. There you have it, folks. Riding in cars with boys or driving in cars with boys, whatever that movie's called. It's now our segment. Welcome back. <laughs> Uh, back to you folks, fanboy and know-it-all, Jake and Paul, the jerks in the booth, here's to you. Thank you, Jake and Paul, from the past. It's good to have been with you, past versions of ourselves, how young and naive you were. Way I can't then. believe I can't believe they called us jerks. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. They were they get feisty in the car. Yeah, that's all right. I forgive them. They're sitting for a while, trapped in an enclosed space with one another. It is. Uh, I will just speak for myself. It is trying. Yeah. It is difficult. It's enough to wear and fray at anyone's nerves. <laughs> but that's why we're here, separated from each other again. To talk about Rank Geeks, because if we tried to do Rank Geeks together, as we actually have done in the past, fisticuffs can happen. Fisticuffs can happen, and they have before. Yeah, I've had to leap across the table to grab Paul by the shirt, like by the yeah. the nape of his shirt. Yeah, and then I bite you, and, and the fight's over. And the fight's over, because I have rabies. Because <laughs> that's how science works, folks. It's <laughs> how so science works. Oh, Inspired. Wow inspired by Shang-Chi, we're here to completely butcher a conversation on martial arts slash hand-to-hand combat. Paul, you were ready to start us at number five here in Rank Geeks? Why, yes, Jake, I do. I really, really do. I uh, This was a really hard list for me to come up with, honestly, mm-hmm. because I thought when we first started this exercise, I might not have enough. Now I find that I have too much. Mm. And there's, again, there's, there's so many variables in these fight scenes, you know, what really counts, what doesn't, um, in, yeah. So, but I think I sort of nailed it to, to actual martial arts movies, not counting John Shee, which might have a a nomination in here, but I think these are all martial arts movies that I'm selecting. Yeah. So with that preamble out of the way. Get it out Number of the five. Number we'll five. go with the ultimate martial arts expert, okay. legend, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. In one of his very worst movies, in part because it was done after he died, which was ironically named Game of Death. Mm. So I have watched a number of Bruce Lee movies, but I think the, the fight scene that stands out to me is one that, that might not strike the fancy of everyone, and that is the one that he he did with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. It was one of the strangest fight scenes I have ever seen and strangely compelling because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, for those who don't know, he was a he was uh, the Lakers center for many, many years, LA Lakers. I actually saw him in an airport and on a plane. He took up two first-class seats all by himself. Well, look at you. So he just folded himself in. And in, in this movie, he actually 
he looks a little like a gigantic spider because his legs are so long. And Bruce Lee looks like a little tiny man next to him. Can't get close to him at all in this fight. And so it's a really weird, frenetic fight where where Bruce or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his, his legs look like they're about 18 feet long. Right. And it's, it's odd to see. It is very, very strange to see and oddly compelling. Bruce Lee, of course, wins because he is Bruce Lee. Um, but, uh, but it takes a little while. And, and that is, as I get older, when I get to be 95 and I'm sort of thinking back to all the fight scenes that I have seen in my life, this one might actually be the one that I remember the most. It's solid stuff, Paul. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you. I haven't even seen the whole movie, but I have seen that scene Yeah, because it's, it's such a part of cinematic history. Exactly. And I was really weighing between, um, you know, in a, in a previous movie, Chuck, or, or Bruce Lee fought Chuck Norris, and that's probably the ultimate classic uh, showdown, right? Yeah. But, and although I saw that, it doesn't stick in my memory quite as well. You know, right. Bruce Lee, of course, won. We know that. Chuck Norris died. We know that. But exactly how it all manifested, I don't quite remember. But I do remember almost every little kick and punch in Bruce Lee, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, face-off. Solid pick, Paul. All right. Number five for me on my list. Although I do I do want to give an honorable mention here. I did I, – I, maybe this is going to show up on Paul's list later. But the bus scene in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, oh. that mentioned in the opener with the, the guy live streaming, that truly was an amazing – in the choreography, the cinematography, the martial arts that were there, the humor that was involved in the scene. It was just, it was an excellent scene. And I could easily see a scene like that over time finding its way onto this list. I, I just feel like I got to give it a little bit more time to simmer, yeah. Yeah. you know, watch it again. Most of these other ones have been around for a while. So I wanted to give them some precedence here. Uh, and, and we talked about the bus scene already elsewhere. So, but I did want to say I, as the, really truly like introduction to Shang-Chi. It was an incredible fight scene. Very worthy of honorable mention on this list. Uh, number five on my list though is from John Wick and it's the home invasion scene. Now there's a lot of scenes to pick in here, <laughs> yeah. but there's something that's particularly tense about the close quarters of a home invasion, something intimate about it. And the combo gun foo that they talk about that uses brazilian jiu-jitsu and other types other forms that i'm not aware of i had to look that up and you know get information from the interwebs on that <laughs> but there's something about the the simplicity of it in the scene in in the close quarters of the home invasion that that makes the scene particularly ah, brutal in a way because of the fact that it's close quarters, that it involves guns in addition to the jujitsu, and that it is such a blunt fight. I mean, it does not drag on the way some of these fight scenes do in martial arts scenes. It's, it's very ruthless and efficient. And so uh, it, it feels a little bit more modern than your classic drawn out martial arts scene uh, that, that can be a lot of fun. And so in its own way, uh, I wanted to represent that style of scene in this in this yeah so that's number five for me 
You know, the one thing about John Wick movies is that they all the fight scenes always seem really brutal. They're always done, I think, really well. I mean, uh, I have not seen the original John Wick. I, I reviewed John Wick 3. Uh, and the worst I of the what, bunch. Well, and it was still a hoot. It yeah. was still exciting for what it was, you know? It was, uh, I almost, this was sort of an honorable mention for me, was uh, the glass room fight scene in yeah. John Wick Chapter 3, which I thought was really great. Um, it's it's kind of amazing how how fun those movies are and yet how brutal, how bloody they are. It's just really painful to watch. Yeah. There you go. Number four for you, Paul. Number four for me. Uh, speaking of close quarters, speaking of condensed spaces, the intimacy, um, I'm going to go actually with a movie that I have not actually seen, but I have seen this particular fight scene because wow. it is on pretty much every single list of fight scenes that you you have. And it's, uh, it is the hallway fight scene from a movie called Old Boy. Uh. Now... Old Boy, from what I understand, is actually more of a drama than a martial arts movie. Uh, it's also a really disturbing drama. Someone eats an octopus in it, you know, which... Well, I've eaten octopus. What's, I think it, it might be alive. I think, oh. and I think it was forcible. So, yeah, it is, it is not a pleasant movie to watch. Um, but the fight scene in the hallway is really, really famous. And you have the, the main guy, this grizzled, old, untrained fighter. He beats up essentially 20, 25 people who are all stuffed in the hallway with him. And it is just a grind. It's done in just one single shot. And you see it from the side. It's almost like a side-scrolling video game. Um, and there's At one point, the, the guy gets stabbed in the back. You see his, the knife sticking out of his back for half the fight scene. Um, it's, it's really brutal. It really is painful to watch. And honestly, the reason why it made this list is just so I would have a reason to mention the scene that I think was inspired by Old Boy from Daredevil. Yes. We've talked about Daredevil a lot. We've talked about this particular scene a lot. Um, the, the fight scene in the hallway with Daredevil might be one of the, the best fight scenes you've seen in any sort of media at all. It's, it, it hooked me on the, the Netflix series Daredevil. And it has that same sort of feel, but I think Daredevil's fight scene is actually done a little bit better and it's a little more engrossing and it's a little less, um, it's a little less painful to watch because you can tell the, the artistry involved. Old Boy is just, it is just boom, 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 boom nothing romantic nothing choreographed nothing uh super special about it at all but it does give you that visceral feeling that you were in a fight i bet there was something choreographed oh i'm sure there was i am sure there was and then like like the daredevil scene it has this this weariness it takes a lot out of you to fight a lot of people i mean not science. that we know speaking exactly. of science yeah <laughs> so it just it wears on you, and a lot of times these people are just on the ground gasping for breath, trying to get the energy to throw another punch. Number four on my list comes from the early 1990s, young Donnie Yen, 
who will also show up later on my list mm. from director Wu Ping Wen. And that is the final fight scene from the film Iron Monkey. Oh, interesting. Now, this scene feels more like your classic. Well, I say that classic, but we're talking this is not even 30 years ago yet, but it feels <laughs> like it was a long time ago. <clears throat> but uh, this is the martial arts scene I think people think of. Maybe not this exact scene, but you watch it and you're like, this is why I like kung fu movies. Because it has the speed of the combat. It has the floatiness of the combat. It has uh, you know, the multiple attackers coming. And it involves, Paul, a, a part that I think you really like where he, the, your hero squares off against the villain on top of poles. You oh. know, like a field oh, yeah. of poles. Yeah, where they have the footwork and they're kicking each other and they're balancing on the poles and it's just a delight to watch. Like this is the type of thing. Like if it's hey, you want to dip your toes into more of the classic kung fu martial arts, I think you got to go with Iron Monkey. This is this is up there as well as one I'll name further on in the list because it's a little bit more lighthearted overall. Mm-hmm. It's not as dark as. Some other things like Old Boy or some others that'll or John Wick that'll show up on these lists. This is this is good stuff. This is popcorn flick kung fu material, and it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, I always think in martial arts movies can really, if you have the right person in the right role, can really lend themselves to comedy. You know, one of the movies that that almost made my list was actually legend of the drunken master starring jackie chan it was a it was a hoot um and it's and it's all because jackie chan is the master of this physical comedy so i think in in an odd sort of way those things can really go together even though you wouldn't think so it's it's very strange that you can have these brutal visceral bloody depictions of violence in these movies and yet they can also be like slapstick humor as well. Yep. It's kind of interesting. So number three for me lands right in the middle of that slapstick and brutal and bloody. It is sort of the the antithesis of, of the hallway fight in Old Boy. It's the restaurant's fight in The Protector. Mm. Protector is a 2005 um, Thai movie, actually. Um, it was really one of the it was sort of a a a breakout role for the star tony ja i believe is his name and he uh he was amazing in this particular scene the the whole scene sets up where he's he's in this huge building uh with these stairs that go on forever and ever it almost feels again like a video game where he goes up these stairs he fights a bunch of people on each level goes up some more stairs it again is one of these one-shot masterpieces, or or edited to look like one shot, where you see uh, Tony Jaa's skill as a martial artist. Um, it is fluid. It is elegant. It is brutal. It is super fun. People get thrown off of balconies. They they get knocked into walls. It's a really exciting thing to watch, and you can tell that man they choreographed the stinking stuff out of this thing it it was an amazing set piece to watch now i just want to watch all these fight scenes like, <laughs> have like a movie scene day just ch- crank through all of these scenes on youtube 
Well, that's one of the great things about these is that they they all are on YouTube. If you look for them, you can find them. And you could even, you know, if we were a lot more ambitious and really wanted to do something cool on YouTube, you could actually cut together some of these fabulous fight scenes or at least snippets of them and put them all together in one big old 30-minute montage and waste a lot of people's time. Number three for me is probably the least kung fu martial arts of my picks, but I just remember this being such a visceral experience seeing it in theaters that I'm like, I'm sure some of these moves are martial arts, so I've got to include it. <laughs> that is Jason Bourne versus Desh in 2007's The Bourne Ultimatum. This is probably – there's a lot of memorable fight scenes in the Bourne movies. I mean you've got newspaper versus knife being another <laughs> really memorable one. That was my favorite actually from the Bourne movies, the newspaper versus knife. Super fun. Pretty great. Bourne versus Desh is just adrenaline pumping, hold your breath brutality. The, I mean the choreography, the way they uh, they – convey the speed of the fight the brutality of the fight i mean when jason bourne takes a book and weaponizes a book i mean that had to be paul's favorite thing <laughs> like he's watching this whole scene and paul is the only guy in the theater like use the bookshelf use the book off the bookshelf i organized it alphabetical <laughs> words matter words are powerful like paul what i just have this little stop in the middle of this what book would you use in a fight if you had to pick any book Oh, Shakespeare's comedies. Yeah. It's hefty. At least the the volume that I have, you know, it's hefty. It's hardbound. It has the the gold leaf around it, which I think could, you know, cause some more cutting paper cut damage if you really needed it to. So yeah, Shakespeare's comedies. It would be it would be a nice little weapon if used if if it was in Jason Bourne's hands. Not so much in mine. Sure. But in Jason Bourne's hand, I think it could do some damage. A lot, yeah. A lot's going to depend on the fighter for sure, <laughs> you know. And you got to get away things like the heft of the book has to yeah. be there, but you can't be too heavy and awkward, or else right. can you use right. it one-handed? You know, is it, can you wield it the same way? You can't do one of those coffee table books because it isn't. It isn't. It's unwieldy, right? You know, exactly. Shakespeare's comedies. It's the perfect size, ten yep. by twelve. Just outstanding. Yeah. And because it's it's that leather-bound stuff, you know, I think it could do some damage. You could actually print Shakespeare's comedy in reverse if you hit somebody in the forehead with it. There you go. Look at that. This is the fight where you see Bourne leap through the window with the awesome camera follow shot. I mean, so many things about the combat in this scene just lend itself to a memorable experience. And I do remember watching this in the theater. It was the one you were anticipating from the trailers, and it did not disappoint. This dash felt like a worthy match for Jason Bourne. And when... When all was said and done, you just weren't sure if Bourne was going to pull it off, but he did. <laughs> well, it happens early on in the movie. You know he's going to pull he's it off. He's got to, but it makes you wonder for a minute. Yeah. You know what I think we should do sometime, if we remember? Yeah. Best non-martial arts fights. Sure. You know, because there's a lot of those that could be really cool, too. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and then you could put this one on that list as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think about it's we're not here to talk about it, but I think about the side scroller scene from 300. Ugh, 300. Terrible. I'm not movie. saying 300 is an amazing film, but it's terrible. Some of the action that action sequence 
pretty I good. haven't seen it. I'm I'm actually speaking out of speaking out of turn or other body parts that I will not mention. <laughs> Number two, Paul. Number two for me. This goes back. We had just, I had just mentioned Jackie Chan, but I didn't want to give away my number two pick, which is maybe the very first martial arts movie I ever saw. Okay. And that is Rumble in the Bronx. Mm. Jackie Chan barroom fight. Yep. It is super fun. This, this is a great mixture of comedy, choreography, almost to the point where it's like this weird Fred Astaire, Charlie Chaplin dance, you know, it it really does. He reminds me a lot of Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton in the way he, he moves and the way he acts in these movies. Uh, He just has that sense of physical humor about him, but he's also incredibly graceful. And this is probably, I think one of the best examples of Jackie Chan in action. You know, he is, he is, throwing people into refrigerators, fighting them as they're trying to come out, as he's fighting other people. He, uh, he goes through a shopping cart. You know how they have the, the lift up backs. Uh, they're fighting over bottles on this, on this pool table. It is a frenetic, fun, extremely exciting fight. It, it really is one of the best examples I think of, of martial comedic martial artistry that isn't that comedic i mean if 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 right. if his his work the the legend of the drunken master is just pure comedy this is action with a little bit of comedy thrown in and it's super fun that's why paul number two on my list also involves the comedic fight stylings of jackie chan <laughs> And it is when he fights an army of men in Drunken Master 2 from 1994. I mean, there's so many great fights from Drunken Ma- the Drunken Master series and really from all of Jackie Chan films. It's, it can be tough. I mean, I imagine I could pick a different one any given day of the week because you're right. There's something to the mastery of his body for both proficiency in fighting as well as comedic timing – that just makes Jackie Chan incredibly unique. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think of anybody who's more fun to watch consistently in martial art fight scenes, any type of fight scene, than Jackie Chan. I mean, we might just have to give him the Lifetime Achievement Award for this. I I totally agree. And, and honestly, when you look at all the skills that he puts together – I am just going to say this. This is my this is my controversial take for this episode. Uh-huh. Jackie Chan is better than Bruce Lee. I, He's yeah. better than Jet Li. I think that when you look at just the skill that it takes to not only fight, to not only do what he does with his body, but to act in the middle of it and act funny in the middle of it, that is some amazing skill. Amazing yeah. skill. Yeah, I mean, who knows – what Bruce Lee could have done with some more time, maybe, maybe, you know, tough to say. But you, I, I'm with you in that. I think you can put Jackie Chan up against any other famous one, even the one who got number one on my list, which I won't spoil, just due to the, yeah, just the sheer audacity that he has to combine those two things so well and in such a watchable way. Yeah. I mean, you can legitimately pick any Jackie Chan fight scene pretty much for either a comedy list or an action list. And it would be <laughs> it would be the right pick. 
<laughs> I didn't put this on my list, but there is another scene in, in Rumble in the Bronx where he's actually fighting people with, I think, ketchup and mustard bottles, plastic yeah. ketchup and mustard bottles. And it right. is just hilarious and also very exciting. He can use anything around him, just like Jason Bourne, and make it funny. Drunken Master is great because it really, both movies, because of the way it incorporates the wooziness of a drunken master. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. It it just adds to the comedic value. Yeah. It also glorifies alcohol. That's my plugged intake. You know what? It's He, he needs to get sober just for the gold <laughs> liver. Number one on my list. This will probably not surprise very many people. Crouching High Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Knew it would be there. Yeah, you knew it was going to be there. Michelle Yeoh and Zhang, Zhang Zi uh, in their sword fight weapon scene. I loved that scene. It was just so fantastic. Um, to, the the setup would really take too long to to actually go through, but essentially you have this this young firebrand with a special semi magic sword fighting this old guard who is a master at every weapon that she has ever picked up, and they use all of the weapons. They do all of the weapons in this, and and I've always kind of been fascinated by by kind of those those martial arts Eastern weapons. I always thought that they were just so cool looking, and I to see so many of them as part of this fight scene. I just it 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 made me feel like a little kid again when I watched it. Honestly, and I watched this movie when I was a little kid, and. <laughs> It was the first martial arts movie I ever saw, and it made me fall in love with the genre. Yeah. Even though I'm, I have some critiques in my old age because I'm cranky now, this, <laughs> this was a film that I first – yeah, it, it was before – really, before I started watching Jackie Chan films like Shanghai Night and, and Shanghai Noon and started getting further into the Jackie Chan catalog. It was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon because it was new and it was exciting. And yeah. it was it. I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Well, and I I have to be honest with you. I mean, watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Michelle Yeoh became one of my favorite actresses of all time because of it. When I saw that she was in Shang Chi, I was thrilled because I think Michelle Yeoh makes everything that she is in better. And it it was all started. My fandom of her began with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There you go. Number one on my list also will come as no surprise to anyone because it's my favorite martial arts film. Hey, can I can I actually say the name? Go for it. Ip Man. Ip Man. Yeah, there's too many to pick from. It, though even calling it my favorite, I do struggle with that a little bit because Kung Fu Hustle is probably my favorite. Just it's got the comedy. But for pure martial arts fight scenes, Ip Man has got it. And that's why I had to be number one on my list. There's too many to pick from. So I wanted to go with one that's very early on in the film because I think it sets the tone well. And it actually has some moments in it that, that uh, you know, they're not Jackie Chan level slapstick comedy, but it's got, it's got this quiet sense of humor to it that makes it feel like akin to other – because it is more serious overall. Like Ip Man is a historical drama as a film. But it's the battle between Ip Man – and Jin Shan Zhao, I probably said that wrong, but it's where this other martial artist kind of comes to his home 
to challenge him. And uh, so it's sort of a battle of, quote unquote, according to filmdaft.com, northern kung fu versus southern kung fu. Mm. And so you have the stoic, very calm presence of Ip Man. He's, you know, he's well-dressed. He's he's in his movements. He's deliberate. His face, he almost never breaks. He's, you know, as he moves, it's very smooth versus his opponent is aggressive and loud and brash. And it's just a great clash. It's like when you have the straight man in comedy versus your funny man who's doing the pratfalls. And yet, so you have these very diverse styles of Kung Fu going against one another inside a dude's house. (laughs) And, you know, just the the humor of that kind of feels like, you know, something akin to maybe the the toy train fight sequence in Ant-Man where, you know, you just get these moments of ridiculousness for the setting. Um, where at one point, as they're in the middle of this fight, when they pause and they square off and you're ready for them to re-engage, you know, because those are great moments in the martial arts fights. And a little boy comes pedaling in on his like horse tricycle. <laughs> And they just have to pause and watch him, you know, because this is like a civilized kung fu match, you know. It's pitting their styles against each other. It's not like vicious, I hate you, I'm going to kill you. And so they just pause and let the little boy ride his little bike in the room and out before they continue their fight. And it's just moments like that that just are wonderful. And in addition to the fact that when you watch the choreography in It Man, just watch this scene, Paul. It's truly brilliant and awe-inspiring when you just think about the speed like just the artistry of putting something like this together so so jake if i if i clear ip man off my backlist hall of shame will you stop talking about it probably not because we'll probably have to actually talk about it then well that's probably true but then you would have like a whole segment to talk only about it you'd probably get a lot out and i wouldn't even have to say anything i wouldn't even have to watch it I would just, I would just tell you I watched it and just let you go. Exactly. There you go. There you have it. What's your favorite martial arts slash combat, hand-to-hand combat scene in cinematic (laughs) history? We want to know about it because we know we missed a lot. And I'm looking to collect a bunch of YouTube clips for a rabbit hole that I plan to go down here in the short order. So (laughs) let us know on Twitter. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. Now it's time for the most least important thing. We've arrived exhausted and bruised from lots of hand-to-hand combat. Though we didn't actually end up fighting that much. Disappointing. No, that's we, really disappointing. We really actually. bonded over our love of fight scenes. Yeah, well, you didn't say anything ridiculous. You didn't say to you, My Little least. Pony. You didn't say, I don't know, Gone with the Wind. You didn't sure. say anything that I was, you know. Usually, you say something ridiculous, and then I get to fight with you. But yeah. So it's the most least important thing. The way we love to wrap up every single little show of ours, making mountains into molehills and vice versa. Even though that's not how you say that phrase. <laughs> I'm kicking things off today with a movie that involves lots of combat, both hand-to-hand and gun combat. It's a, it's a franchise at this point, really. And it's a little piece of news uh, from a movie franchise that I love to hate, and that is The Expendables. 
this this was fitting news to come out today because of the fact that uh the expendables is a franchise literally designed to just take all the action stars of yesteryear and pack them into the same movie and have them fight against each other and with each other and uh sometimes at the same time all of them are in it. It is crazy. It's like a who's who of 80s, maybe even 90s action stars. Yeah. You know, as they've gone on, because they've been making them for 10 years now, they've had to add newer and newer stars into the mix. You know, fa- uh, not so famously because nobody, not very few people know who this is, but Donnie Yen from Ip Man, from Iron Monkey, and other kung fu martial arts movies of lore actually turned down the opportunity to be in The Expendables 2 because he just has more class than everybody else. <laughs> you know, I'm, I wouldn't turn down a paycheck if they offered me to be on The Expendables. It is really a, a really, it is low-hanging fruit. It is not going to win any Oscars, that is for sure. I'd I would think. watch. I would watch The Expendables with Paul in it. That would be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that, would be, that would be really hilarious. <laughs> But there's casting news, Paul, for Expendables 4. I'm ready. Who's your guess about who just got cast in Expendables 4 today? Or announced today, at least. Oh, man. Cast? Man, they've had pretty much everybody, right? Right. Um, Who is the guy from Airwolf? That would be my bet. Airwolf? Yeah, do you remember that? No, I've never seen Airwolf. Oh my goodness. Are you looking that up for me now? It's, it's, yeah. I'll say, uh, I'll give you an, another clue as you look that up. It's not a guy. Oh, really? Okay. Airwolf Jan Michael Vincent is the no, guy. It's not that, but not, not, it's a, a man. Guy. It's a, not a man. <laughs> so, what kind of era are we talking about here? We're talking more modern era. In fact, arguably, why the heck is this person in this film? As like in, in, in an Expendables film. Oh, uh, you know what? I almost think I might know. Don't look it I, up. I, I see it really it up. Charlie's Throne is my guess. That see, would be my guess. That would be a great guess. I would totally go for it. Not Charlie's Throne, Paul. <sighs> Megan Fox. Megan Fox? How did Megan Fox get in the Expendables before somebody like Charlie's Throne or Sigourney Weaver? Well, he, here's the reason. It's because it's the Expendables, right? Megan Fox, because Charlie's Theron, Sigourney Reaver, they would immediately improve the movie. But no. Ah, they couldn't make it that good. Yeah. That's why Michelle Yeoh is not in it as well, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just a crying shame. Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Like, since when is she an action star? I, I know they've made a like war movie with her where she was like a soldier. Or something like that, but <laughs> I don't like you. I think to be in the Expendables, you have to have like a resume of being a really kick-ass. Yes, exactly. Like, and Charlize Theron has that. She has multiple films in her resume where she's just an awesome fighter, and where she's just you know guns hand to hand. Otherwise, Sigourney Weaver has that in her repertoire as well. Yeah. And there's plenty of other female action stars. I mean, you could even put like Scarlett Johansson in that category. Before oh, yeah. Megan Fox oh, for me. He's so good in that. Yeah. So good. 
You but know who Megan I, Fox. Yeah, I I don't buy it. Angela Bassett would be really good in a role like that. She she's can do some action. Yeah. I think she'd be pretty cool. You Angelina know who, Jolie, Lucy Liu. Oh, Lucy Liu would be great. Oh, you know who else would be really good? Maggie Q. Yeah. I just saw her in The Protégé. She it makes an intimidating assassin. I will just say that. So, you know, guess you know who's who not going to be? Danai yeah. Gurira? Is that how you say her I name? I don't know, because I don't even know what name you just said. She, <laughs> she is the woman who plays the, the, main, the main general of Wakanda in the Black ah, Panther movie. Yeah. She is amazing. She is that's, very cool to watch. That'd be more legit. Even though she doesn't maybe have – I'd have to look at – I haven't looked at her catalog to see her history. But, yeah. you know, I just feel like there's a lot of other choices than Megan Fox. Yeah. Not, Megan I'm Fox. not buying it. I wasn't going to see Expendables 4 before because I watched the first two against my own wishes. and uh, But now I'm definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> you are you are boycotting Megan Boycott. Fox. Paul yeah. – I'm sure she's a lovely person. Okay, so I am also going to talk about a coming movie. Kyle Adams, if you're listening, this is for you. Kyle Adams, a listener to this uh, to this particular podcast at times, he brought to, uh, to Jake's and my attention, actually, both of us, yeah. got word of a new movie coming out this November called Noah's Shark. Can't believe it hasn't been made before, to be honest, Paul. It really, it really is surprising. I am sitting there. I have watched the trailer. I am officially obsessed with Noah's shark. Yeah. There is a piece of possessed wood. There's a underwater priest, I think. Come on. There's that's the stuff. A shark that attacks people on dry land as they're walking through a snowy forest. Oh, good. It really seems. It really seems like. A very, very high quality movie. Mm. And we can only hope that there will be some sort of like metal spinoff of the Baby Shark song. No one shark do 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 do. No one shark do 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 do. No one shark do 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 do. No one shark. I'm ready for it. I am ready for it too. I am. If if I knew the exact release date, I would mark it on my calendar and count down the days. Yeah, it's too bad it's not going to be an October film so that we could watch it for my annual horror film flick. Yeah, well, we've already got that one picked out for you. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> that is it for us here at Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know It All. We've appreciated you going on car rides with us on trips down Ignorance Lane as we talked about our favorite martial arts scenes and movies. It's what we do here at Pop Culture with Fanboy Know It All, and we're glad to do it with you. It's true. It's true. But, uh, until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Alt four. <laughs> Got it. Oh my goodness, I even heard that. <sighs> just I, I just looked over and this is this is what I saw. Where is it?
Oh, this is why we can't get stuff done, Paul. We're going to spend all of our time just me getting distracted by this picture. So I'm going to take it off my screen. <laughs> all right.